Welcome to the Family Man Tactical Podcast. I'm your host, Chris. We're coming to you every week to discuss topics for family protectors. We're about creating community for tactical dads and moms, doing the work to become better protectors and providers, and being force multipliers for good. So come on in, sit back, relax, and let's have some fun. Hey, welcome back. Uh, this is the second podcast we've got in one week. So that's kind of cool um, that uh, I'm podcasting more. But I wish we were talking about a different topic uh, this morning. And quite honestly, I'm getting sick of this. Getting sick of talking about school shootings, um, mass shooting events, active shooters, etc. Getting really sick of it. Um, and I'm sure you are too. But I think in, in the midst of all this, it's important for gun owners, responsible citizens, people who are um, bent on becoming more self-reliant, um, that they get their thoughts organized, um, weed, be able to weed through all the arguments that come out there uh, for de-arm, uh, disarming the, the population, because that's what a lot of this is about on the politician side. Um and, and really talk about what's going on here, what we're really facing as a nation. Because i got to tell you, we have a problem. I, I've seen the statistics about, you know, you know dicing up the, the mass shootings, what's the definition of a mass shooting, um, and it is really wonky. So, you know, mass shootings, I think, are uh, involving more than one person, you know, so it could be it could be two people. It could be a, a shooting in Chicago between three gangbangers, you know, and and now that's tallied as a, a mass shooting event. When you're talking about the Uvalde, uh, Texas situation, they're put in the same category. So that's that's important to know. And I've seen that. But the reality is, regardless, these school shootings are a reoccurring issue, and all Americans should be concerned about stopping them. The question is. How do we go about that? What's the root cause? And um, yeah, so so let's talk about it a little bit. You know, honestly, until we come to a, a point where um, the country's pulling in a, a, the same direction, really, or mostly the same direction, these kind of problems are not going to get solved. Um, you know, I, let's let's go into all the arguments you're seeing right off the bat from folks that um, are very emotional over the situation. And believe me, I've got kids. I talk about them on this show. Um, they are very important to me. And uh, anytime I see the loss of life uh, for a child, it turns my stomach. Um, yeah, that's heavy stuff. And, and I don't take that lightly. Uh, you've got a lot of folks, though, that are just kind of going off emotionally and, and they're not while emotion's good, while you know it's good to feel, um, it's it's healthy to feel upset and um, grief. Uh, we still have to use our logic, um, and I know you know that. I mean, I'm I'm talking to an audience. I get enough response back that I'm not telling you anything you don't know. Um, I get enough uh, correspondence between the audience um, and myself that to know that you know. We're, we're all mostly on the same page here, I think. Um, 
I just kind of wanted to go over some of the arguments I've read in the last couple days here from from folks that say, um, you know, basically they're they're proposing solutions to the problem. So, of of addressing these school shootings and mass shootings and stuff um, for our country. One of one of the headlines this morning, I'll hit that up front, was Elon Musk um, suggesting that people just need to be better vetted for assault. Uh, weapons, right? That um, trained and, and better vetted. And I just kind of laughed because I'm like, you know, this is in my first reaction is this is another individual that has become very successful in their path of life, right? <clears throat> and and now all of a sudden they're an expert on all things, right? The same thing goes when celebrities or you know, um, star athletes start talking out about political and social issues and stuff, and it's like you throw a ball very accurately and very fast, or you're able to get the ball in the net um, from half court. What is what are your thoughts on politics and social issues affecting our country? How are you an expert? No, what it is is they're elevated to have a, a platform to speak from and people idolize those those folks. And that's and I just kind of laugh when I see Elon Musk weighing in on this. It's like, dude, I don't give a flying rip what you think about this situation. You're not qualified to speak on it. Um, what you're what you're saying is shows a lack of understanding of why our constitution was written the way it was and our gun culture in general. Um, so I don't care, Elon. Um, some of the stuff that he's been doing recently is great for business and, and free speech and all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, it's, it's time to be quiet about that because you don't understand. Um, you don't understand the root problem here. Uh, so you know, that was one of them is, is well, we need better vetting and, and regulation for, um, you know, these, these in, in what it was, is it was an attempt at compromise, right? The problem with that is, is you do have to be well vetted uh, to own an assault rifle or an assault weapon. Um, it comes with some, some interesting uh, tax um, regulations and and all that kind of stuff uh, to to own a fully automatic weapon and what they're calling an AR-15 as an assault rifle is just not the case right um, other than magazine capacity it's not any different than your browning automatic rifle that you use for uh, deer hunting right um, it's just magazine capacity um, so yeah, there's there's that argument that comes up. And then there's the typical, why does anyone need an AR-15? Well, you know, these these arguments are not going anywhere because they're they're said in a disingenuous way. It's very easy to to say, well, why do you need this? Because it seems like, well, there's no good answer to that, right? Um, in their mind, they're saying, if you even do want to own a firearm, you know, you should be good with a, a five-shot J-frame Smith & Wesson snubby, uh, even if you're a concealed carry individual. And I've seen that argument. Um, never mind the fact that the AR-15 in a, in a 2.23 or 5.56 platform is safer for home defense than, and it's, it's physics, all right? I, I'm not going to break this argument out 
Um, but the two-two-three round um, has a potential with defensive ammunition to not or over penetrate less than you know some other handgun rounds out there. Um, take a, compared to a nine mil HST, it's a reason why SWAT teams had moved away from um, submachine guns in nine millimeter. Um, and moved to an AR platform with the correct defensive ammunition. It was actually safer for their teams um, and and um, lessened the chance of overpenetration and causing fratricide issues as well as uh, innocent individuals getting hurt. The AR-15, when used correctly, um, the recoil is lower, meaning smaller statured individuals, uh, such as women, um, have a better chance of successfully using those in a home defense situation versus shotguns. I could go on and on and on, right? The reality is they don't want any of that information. And so that's just wasted brain power discussing any of that. Um, and that stinks because it's good information. And if it were a, a genuine question, why do you need an AR-15? There's great answers for that. They don't want to know. They don't care. They just want to bully in the argument and, and and try to throw out very easy disingenuous uh, questions to, to stop stop folks up from addressing the real issue um, the other one that comes up is I've never needed a firearm right well that's great um, many of you have uh, not not the audience here I mean many of the people making those arguments um, have lived in this white bread world where they've never been in a fist fight they've been able to say things to people um in a protected society for the most part and say what they want they can use the internet and the keyboard to rattle off any insult they want and stuff like that nobody's there to punch them in the mouth and i'm not saying that you know that's the answer is well they need to be punched in the mouth that's not what i'm saying i'm saying just because you've not experienced an attack, you've never had a gun pointed at you in, in anger, um, does not mean <laughs> that, that while now all of a sudden everybody else shouldn't have one. You know, you're blessed. Good for you if you've never uh, needed a firearm. Um, there's a lot of us out there that cannot say the same. There's a lot of women out there that have defended themselves against rape and murder um domestic violence who would not be here today or not be the same because of the ramifications of uh said attempted rape and stuff like that so when they say that it's completely again disingenuous um it's completely unbased you know it's really tone deaf right the other one that comes up is better background checks. And I laugh at this one because how many times has an active shooter come up or um, someone that caused a lot of uh, issues, whether it be the Boston uh, Marathon Bombers, if you remember back, how many of those folks were on a watch list or had been visited and interviewed by the police because they were exhibiting erratic behavior or concerning behavior and nothing was done about it and I, I laugh because better better background checks honestly equate to 
let's delay individuals and find reasons why they can't have firearms. Because if the background checks, the next checks that they do for people who buy firearms, if those aren't working, if um, you know folks are not reporting in real time um, dangerous, mentally unstable behavior, and we're not actually doing things about it, I don't see how any better background check is, is going to work. What are we missing in the background check now? that we could write into no what's going to happen is somebody's going to have a, a dui from 20 years ago and no longer be able to uh, buy a shotgun to go skeet shooting um with their with their family that's that's what that's going to equate to the better red flag laws that's another one that pops up um this one's a dangerous tool again i think this is a this is an attempt uh, by the left to to make it easier to yank someone's firearms, meaning you're you have a, a heated dispute with one of your neighbors over I don't know um, who parks their car in front of your house. Maybe he or she's been parking their car in front of your house, and you say, "Hey, why don't you park your car in front of your house?" And for whatever reason, these two individuals. Um, start raising their voice with each other. Now, that kind of stuff happens all the time. Um, not with me and my neighbors. We get along, knock on wood. <laughs> We're always uh, solving our problems. Uh, not that we have problems, but we, we we talk nicely to each other. But a lot of people get into shouting matches. You're going to get into a shouting match with somebody, and all of a sudden, that's going to be justification to yank your firearms. It's a slippery slope. The next one is... Um, you know, the reality that you ban AR-15s. There are more guns than people in this country and a lot of AR-15s. You are not going to get rid of them. Somebody brought up the other day that Australia, when they had their gun turn in, only less than half of those guns actually got turned in. The, up to 60% of Australia's guns are illegally floating around that country. You're not going to get them back. Everybody makes it sound like it's a gun-free society. It is not. The problem is they don't have the mass shootings we do. So what gives? Hmm. Could be a societal issue. Anyway, um, the problem with the, well, let's just get rid of the quote-unquote assault rifles is all modern firearms are capable of the, the carnage that we're seeing. Not just ARs. Like I had mentioned, you can, you know, your your pump action shotgun. There's actually the pump action shotgun with buckshot. Oh my gosh. You know, there's there's so many things that could cause the carnage that we're seeing here. We've got a bigger problem, and that's what this is about today. Again, I just wanted to hit the main arguments that we're seeing, and then <clears throat> the last one I didn't write this down, but it just kind of came to my mind is, um, the talking, of, uh, they say, well, the, the Constitution's outdated. Um, and, and the funny thing is, is governments have always wanted the monopoly on violence, right? And that's, that's just not going to go away. It's human nature. We're, it's like the movie Terminator 2 when um, Arnold's... Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's uh, character, the Terminator, um, 
you know, was talking to a young John Connor and said, you know, it's, it's in your nature to destroy yourselves. And that's, that's because we're fallen. You know, there's no, there's no hiding the fact that I'm a Christian. Um, I believe that we have a fallen nature and that through Jesus Christ, we can be made right with him. Am I perfect? By no stretch of the imagination. Friends that know me know I am a work in progress, um, but I'm happy about that progress. And my attempt is to become better and better through Christ every day. Um, so that's that's the point where I'm operating from, is seeing the world through the fact that we have a fallen nature. We're always going to try to dominate, control, um, without checks and balances. And that's my point. The government, when given proper checks and balances, operates in the capacity that it is supposed to and intended to uh, operate in. They're not supposed to be all things to all people. And they let the citizens, I mean, I'm sorry, they are restricted from infringing on the, the citizens' rights um, to govern themselves and protect themselves and for all intents and purposes, be self-reliant. Hey, that's the deal. Okay, so those are the mainstay arguments that have come through. Um, drop me an email if you have any other main main arguments you're you're seeing from the the gun control group, right? Um, and I'll be happy to to post them. Now, so the purpose of this this podcast, you know, I just want to get those out in front. Like I said, um, is kind of addressing the elephant in the room here. Um, I think it's interesting that very few people outside of the switched on um, firearms industry folks and preparedness folks, but just like mainstream America is not sitting there saying, hey, these same politicians that are calling for all of us to ban assault rifles and common sense gun control, they're all protected literally in real time on a daily basis with real assault rifles not just semi auto they they are protected by people that have pdws fully auto pdws etc they've got all sorts of stuff to protect them teams of people i think that's telling there's a ruling class that is entitled to better protection than your children are. I think that's telling. I think that's also a foundation point that we need to discuss um, with folks. We need to initiate a demur in the conversation when they say, why do you need an AR-15? Well, why do we have politicians that think that they're entitled to a better class of protection than our children? They're supposed to be public servants. Our children are our most prized possession and gifts from God. Which brings me to a next point. 630,000 630, unborn children were murdered um, in, what I think I grabbed that figure from 2019. That's over 1,700 children a day, unborn children a day, murdered. Now, that's just the way it is. This is what our, our country does not value life. And, and when folks say, well, it's not a life, I would say, okay, 
if you found an amoeba on Mars, would not the scientists just go bat crap crazy and say, we found life on Mars? But yet somehow uh, cells that from the time an egg meets with a sperm start reproducing and, and multiplying at a rapid rate have a separate DNA, somehow that is not life. That's crap. You and I both know that. There's a, there's a standard, there's a double standard there. And we don't value life. No matter what they say, they don't matter. Uh, they don't, those lives don't matter to uh, a huge portion of the country, right? So some lives are not worth protecting, apparently. So we turn a blind eye to the fact that however many unborn children are murdered every year. The other thing is, you know, our video games that our children are playing. Look, I grew up playing Mario Brothers and Duck Hunt, and then, you know, the Super Nintendo came out. And, uh, you know, we had Donkey Kong and all that kind of stuff. But the games kids are playing now, they're really, they're really intense. They're nothing like we ever had. Um, the storylines, like I, I, I could do a whole thing on that. Um, we're programming our kids that, you know, violence is just, hey, it's to be desensitized to, um, in a lot of ways, right? And, and somebody else brought this up the other day too, is that, you know, not only that on our phones, that all of our, our young adults have adolescents, young adults, kids are, they have access to some vivid war imagery. You know, again, we're, we're, we we're becoming desensitized and tie that into the fact that we're teaching our kids not to value, um, the lives of unborn children, right? And then couple that in with moral decline overall. You know, we can't just justify looting and rioting of businesses and people's property one year as just, you know, it's okay because we're outraged, right? So let's let's go after the the property and the businesses and the livelihood of people that had nothing to do with this this issue, right? And uh, yeah, that somehow that will right a, uh, an injustice, you know. And that's that's what we're teaching our kids too: is hey, I'm ticked off, therefore I'm justified. Um, which also flies completely in the face of um, everything that we taught our kids that now we just pay lip service to um, about what Dr. King um, was trying to accomplish in the 60s. So I think that's interesting too. You know, we, we just, there's a, there's a disconnect. We, we pay lip service to Dr. King and all that kind of stuff, but we completely, um, you know, we completely are teaching another thing. Um, the other, the other com huge elephant in the room is fathers being non-existent. Look, they're they're either so preoccupied um, with their sports, and believe me, I fight this on a daily basis. I am not immune to this, and I and it upsets me when I see myself becoming too preoccupied 
um, with other things. If you don't see me posting as consistently, if you don't see me engaged on Instagram as consistently as I normally am, it's because I'm switching my focus back to more important things. Look, this is Family Man Tacticals, a labor of love, but I got to tell you, I've said this up front. If something's got to go in my life, if I don't have time for something, Family Man Tacticals out. My loved ones are too important, right? And if I've got family issues to deal with, if I've got illness in the family, oh well, Family Man Tactical gets a back burner for a bit, and that's okay. Right. So, and I'm not, I'm not putting myself up on a pedestal. I'm, I'm telling you, like, I have to remind myself of this stuff all the time um, because it's so easy to get preoccupied. And we've got fathers out there that if they didn't hit the road um, and find an excuse uh, why to uh, get a divorce, right? If they didn't hit the road and make things work and stuff like that, they've got their heads in their phones all the time. Again, I fight that right? Um, they've got, they're watching their sports and all that kind of stuff. And, and they're more, more concerned about that stuff. And you wonder why we've got so many dads out there with a beer gut, the size of Kansas. Look, and if that's you, I'm not picking on you. I, I fight, um, you know, being out of shape all the time. I'm just enough is enough. I'm picking on fathers because I am one. I get to speak from experience on that. And I've, I've got a, a bit of, you know, loving <laughs> upsetness when it comes to um, complacent fathers, right? And I'm, I'm and I hope that the audience uh, with me. I know it's mainly uh, males from, you know, if the demographics from Anchor are correct, and it says demographics are anywhere from uh, 28 to uh, 44 is the majority of the population. Um, in the audience. And that means you're, you're with me. You're one of me. And look, I'm not trying to throw stones at anybody, but by and large, we've got a problem with preoccupied non-existent fathers. That's another huge elephant in the room that we've got to address. But how, how can we address that when anytime you bring up the importance of a father's role, in a family unit, it's met with, oh, well, you're, you're purporting toxic masculinity, misogyny, um, all that kind of stuff. You know, it's, it's just, you can't even have, and this is purposeful, right? The left, the left does this. So you can't even have a real discussion because if you had a real discussion, you could get things accomplished. That's a reality, but they've made it in such a way that there's so many buzzwords out there that essentially label um, men as the problem. Maybe it's no wonder that uh, we have non-existent fathers out there. Uh, they can't win. Or they're lazy or they're selfish. The, the reality is whatever the root cause of those fathers being either not there in their head or not physically there, that's a huge problem. And we're seeing a byproduct of that with the rage of young adolescent and uh, young adult men. They're angry about it. Uh, I, had, I, I mean, this ties into the father thing, but the family unit is, is just wonky at best. And in most cases, it's very broken. 
Look, I, I can relate to coming from a dysfunctional home. I think many people out there can. Um, we've got to heal. We've got to heal that family unit. I think it's also important to recognize that until we get to the point where we're saying, hey, institutions or organizations like uh, BLM, um, that one of their political planks was to put themselves in opposition to a traditional family unit. You know, when I saw that, I, I was like, what? You're kidding me. And, and it was obvious that this was a Marxist organization when you look down their political um, planks um, and, and look at their aggregate or their comprehensive platform, right? It had nothing to do with, had very little to do, and I think that was just a mask with uh, racial justice. I think it had everything to do with their ulterior motives. And, and now we're seeing BLM uh, for what it really is, is a corrupt organization. Not that there weren't folks um, that really have issues with um, you know some of the racial justice um, uh, current events and, and our history and recently and stuff like that. I'm not I'm not saying that um, that there's not black people that are genuinely concerned and rightfully so about you know um, certain issues. But the organization as a whole was just trash. Um, their leadership was just trash. Um, and they should be prosecuted for fraud. But how are we supposed to function as a society when our family unit's broken? We, we don't even know what a woman is, according to our leadership. We can't even agree on what a woman is. They're a, a birthing person. But even that's not correct now because now we say men can have babies too. And we're surprised when little Johnny freaks out and goes um, for, uh, to coin a, a 1990s term, goes postal, right? It's sick and it's sad. And we have young men that are not even being taught to be men. Men are responsible for their actions. Men value life. Men step up to leadership and show others how to value life and to work hard. And in my opinion, in my life view, are godly men. Right? They help the weak. They stand up for the oppressed. They are not the oppressors, right? And so now we have a bunch of young men that think the world is there to be its whipping boy when they're not happy, that they're entitled, and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, you look at, <laughs> this is another thing that really grinds my gears, right, is the fact that we're, we're picking on the millennials and the generation after that, whatever they are. Um, and, and there's this argument back and forth, right? And there's a lot of issues. Every generation has its wrinkle. Somebody told me that. And I was like, you know, that's the truth. But we've, we've got millennials that were raised by uh, boomers and early Gen Xers. And, um, you know, they're only doing what they were taught and raised to do. 
So this is not this issue is not tied to millennials or Gen Z, I guess. Um, this issue is tied to all of us, right? It is. We we all own this issue. We all own this problem. Um, so that's a that's another thing. There's there's no escaping all of our responsibility um, to make sure our backyard is clean and then help others clean up their backyard once ours is clean too. So yeah, I mean, hey, the, these are some glaring things that you can't even have honest discussions with people online or in person because we are so polarized. Everything that is said is seen as a ploy um, from the other side. And now you have right versus left, but the reality is these are just truths, right? So yeah, we've got a problem, America. We've got a bunch of little narcissistic, doped up um, Johnnies running around um, exacting their rage on the world. They, they don't even know what being a man is about. We've got to fix some stuff. You know, I find it interesting, too, that we're trying to move away from the idea that we're, we were founded on Judeo-Christian principles. We were a Christian nation. And now we're trying to... <laughs> uh, my, my favorite pastor, Pastor Ken Graves out of Calvary Chapel, uh, Bangor, he had mentioned that we are the youngest country of its class but have the oldest government like uninterrupted government and i think that's that's very interesting you know we're trying now it's not going to last for much longer if we keep trying to be like france and declare ourselves a secular um a secular society look they don't they fall prey to the 250 year cycle secular countries or um, pagan countries they they run run into that two 200 to 250 year cycle that's all there is to it so you know now read sir john glubb's uh, the fate of nations it makes it abundantly clear something that i didn't know until the last couple of years ago was that at the signing of the declaration of independence for our country um John Hancock supposedly had the Bible open to Deuteronomy 28. And if you're not familiar with Deuteronomy 28, like I was not, basically, um, to summarize, uh, God laid out the blessings and curses of a nation in a covenant with him. Essentially, if, if they were to stay with him, there were... X number of blessings, and they were, I mean, cup runneth over type blessings. When God blesses people, he doesn't do it in a small measure. Uh, he heaps blessings on them. And that that's, you know, what a loving father. Conversely, when a nation is in a covenant relationship with the Lord, and they turn away from him, he gives them over to their desires. Fine, you want to walk away? You want that? 
then do your thing. I give you free will. I give you free choice. And that's exactly what we've done. And, and the curses that are listed in Deuter- Deuteronomy 28 are not God's doing. He's, he's giving us over to what we essentially sowed. We're reaping what we sowed. And one of those is mass confusion, essentially madness, right? Doing stuff that does not make sense. Look at how we handled uh, the COVID-19 situation. We were doing stuff that we knew scientifically was ineffective. Anyway, um, I, I find it interesting that we invoked Deuteronomy 28. Our leaders did. At the signing of the Declaration of Independence, we invoked uh, that covenant relationship with God. And for a long time, our country prospered. Now, I also find it interesting, too, that along the way, we fought um, the war between the states. And gosh, a huge percentage of our our young men, I think it was, don't quote me on this, I've heard it was up to three quarters of our young men um, perished in that war. You might want to go back and fact check me on that, though. So I'm just trying to be transparent. Um, but a huge percentage of our, our young men died in that war. And I, I can't help but think, you know, the fact that we, we said all men are created, created equal, but, you know, some, some men and women and children um, weren't even thought to have a soul right? We paid a price. Again, I I think that when we're operating in a godly construct, we have blessings. And and when we don't, we have curses brought on by our own evil nature, I guess, if you want to, you know, that's, that's where I think we're at. You know, I think the civil war was completely our own doing. I know it was our complete own doing. Um, you don't rewrite um, the Bible and and take out the whole portion of Exodus, which is a foreshadowing of God delivering us from our sin um, through Christ um, as the Passover lamb. You don't take that portion out of the Bible um, because you don't want your slaves to read it um, and expect the judgment of God not to be on you pretty soon. Um, so, was a civil, I, I guess I'm just kind of drawing a correlation here between, you know, we've been doing some really bad stuff in this country for a while now. And do I think that school shootings are the judgment of God? No, I don't. I think they're a byproduct of our own walking away as a nation um, from Judeo-Christian principles. That's That's kind of what I think there. I'd love to know what you think, though, you know. Drop me a line over at um, fm at familymantactical.com. The email is um, in the show notes there too. So the question becomes, <clears throat> when when will this end? That's what they cry. That's what, when when is this enough? And I would say this, when we start valuing life, when we return to a Judeo-Christian ethic in this country, that's when this is going to start ending. We're we're going to see 
the strength of women not trying to be men, men not trying to be women. We're going to see the strength of how God made them in their roles. And and look, I'm I'm not saying that, you know, women are are I I, I hate when women are kind of painted into this corner that they're not supposed to be strong or build, uh, have the ability to protect themselves. And they're, they're just supposed to be, um, barefoot pregnant in the kitchen. I think women excel at raising children. I think they excel as nurturers because that's how God designed them. I think men excel at fighting war, at being the leader and provider and protector but hey, like John Lovell has many times indicated, men men also need to have uh, the warrior poet ethos. They need to be both lion and lamb. And hey, I believe that women um, in the same way uh, need to have a bit of lion in them and be good protectors as well because the man is not always around. And hey, two protectors are better than one, right? But we excel in the way God made us. Um, if we're doing what we're supposed to. So yeah, I think that's when this ends is when we start valuing life. We return to Judeo-Christian ethic in this country and we deal with those elephants in the room. We ask in the short term, hey, why, Senator, are you entitled to better protection than my children? And why can't you figure out a way to fund it? We'll get into that in a second. So long-term fix, um, we've got to fix our society. This is a complete societal issue. has nothing to do with the guns. Get rid of AR-15s. This is still going to be an issue. They're going to do it with 12-gauge shotguns. And they're going to do it with just the same amount of carnage. Because no one is there to stop this person from reloading. You could give a person a single-shot shotgun. And they'll go do the same kind of carnage there. Because no one is able to stop them effectively. So we got to fix society. We've got to fix those things. Um, the other thing, too, is we need to clean house. We need to stop turning a blind eye to our government officials and their corruption and their disgusting um, violations. You know, you have government officials and high-level corporate positions that are straight-up pedophiles. Where is the outrage for this? There's just hinting and rumors, right? The whole Jeffrey Epstein and uh, his girlfriend thing. I, I find it interesting that, well, she's still probably alive because a lot of people were not indicted, Right. So she's going to rot in jail for the rest of her life, but all the people that were a part of it just kind of slip into the shadows and they stay in the Hollywood positions and the big corporate positions and in the government positions um, that they were and, and the world keeps spinning. We need we need moral, morally fit leaders. That's all there is to it. That's when they'll start doing the right thing and addressing the problem. Um, so we need to get rid of uh, the bad leaders. Vote them out. Doesn't matter what side of the fence you're on. Look, there are Republicans 
that if I lived in their district and I had Tulsi Gabbard in, in the same district, that I would vote for her over some of those rhinos, Republicans in name only. And I'm not going to get into that right now, but I'm just telling you, it doesn't matter what side of the aisle they're on. If they're corrupt, if they're bad, we need to, we need to vote them out, get rid of them. We need to fix this country um, in the short term. So look, the long term is going to happen over a, a generation or two, right? I believe, honestly, though, revival is possible. Um, we can turn this country around a lot quicker than a generation, but you know, just conservative estimation. It's a grassroots effort. We have to lead by example. On the short term, there's things that we can do to address this problem now, and that's maybe um, one of the other arguments that I've seen pop up that I forgot to mention is when you come up with a good uh, counter uh, to have this discussion with folks um, who are maybe on the other side of the coin that think gun control is the answer, when you bring up a good argument or they're stumped, they say, well, so we should do nothing then, right? And that's just kind of throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Look, until we fix the, the long-term problem, we have to have a short-term solution. And anybody who's been in violence, in violent situations, understands that the only way to stop a bully is somebody cleaning their clock. And, and obviously what that means is a good man with a gun setting up choke point security will be the only measurable difference in stopping these shootings until we can get the long-term problem fixed. Now, I think this is interesting. We should take this to everyone we talk to, regardless of what the outcome is. There's a lot of things that I think are just dead-end conversations. I mentioned those at the beginning of the, the podcast. They're just disingenuous statements, right? But here's something we can do, and I think we would all agree is possible. And if somebody doesn't agree with this, I think there's something wrong with either their level of intelligence or they have ulterior motives, such as Beto O'Rourke that was using this situation solely to further the gun control agenda, right? If my math is correct, if I looked up the right statistics, there's 130 plus thousand K through 12 schools in the US. We just sent $40 billion to Ukraine. If we hired a specialist in security, trained them, gave them a benefits package that after all the overheads done, yada, 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 came out to about $126,000, include, again, including salary, benefits, and a $5,000 specialized training budget for each individual a year. We would have enough professionals to have somebody at the door running not just at the door, but running security for each school in America, public school in America, for 390,000 schools. And there's only 130,000 schools with that 40 billion. How many years could we knock that out? That would take us through three years of funding on a federal level. Or it would take us through a year to see where we're at. And then another $250,000 for every school, a grant um, to add on either infrastructure, um, upgrade, you know, physical construction um, to upgrade uh, choke point security, et cetera. So there's options out there. 
Don't kid yourself. Our leaders know the type of money they're sending to other countries. They're not exploring any other option other than disarming the population. That is the only, truly, that is the only option they're interested in. We could, we could create jobs, take our wonderful, um, highly trained warrior veterans, you know, vet the, vet the ones that are the best of the best, willing to take those jobs. Give them a good benefits package and let them do what they do best. Be the sheepdog. We could completely do that, but we're not going to. Guaranteed we're not going to. We're going to take that $40 billion and send it overseas to protect our interests. And we're not going to know what those interests are completely. We're not getting the full story of Ukraine. There's a lot more than poor Ukraine is picked on um, by Russia. We have interests. We have things we're covering up over there, guaranteed. Um, and that's a discussion for a whole nother day and a lot of speculation on my part. So I don't want this podcast to be about speculation. Um, the question each of us should be asking our senators, our representatives, our president. Why do you feel Ukrainians deserve our tax dollars, but our children do not? So that's, that's really the question, right? And I think if we brought that up, if we put those figures out to um, other folks, that is something that we can do now. Even if they said, hey, we're going to draft up the legislation, we're going we're gonna to debate this and fight over the gun control thing, we could actually do this a lot sooner um, than you will ever get people to comply with turning in their firearms or banning certain types of firearms. It's just not going to happen now. People are awake to the idea, and they're not giving up their firearms. If they have an AR-15 today, they're not giving it up tomorrow. That's just how it is. Accept it and move on left. Um, they won't, and they're going to keep pushing. But again, I think if you bring out that math and uh, you know, run my math against uh, what you think, I'd be interested to see. Maybe there's other solutions. Maybe there's um, more money that we could appropriate and have two um, highly trained security professionals, professionals in each school across the country. Um, and that's, here's the other thing, that's not even including the dollars that we could generate with um, a slight property tax increase. A small mill, honestly. Um, we could really put the infrastructure in place to harden our schools um, against psychotic killers, right? So there's that. I think that should be the, the discussion point in the short term. Um, obviously, I have some deep thoughts on the long-term solution there. Um, and man, really, I, I'd love to see a revival in this country, uh, return to Judeo-Christian ethic. Um, I don't know. I don't know that it's ever going to get there. So those are my long-term solutions because we have a problem. We really do. And and what I think would be a good short-term solution there. But of course, I'm just one person. And uh, I'm sure all of you have stuff to, to talk about that I haven't even thought about. Um, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to open up in this podcast 
Uh, there's an option with Anchor to send in a voice message. So you can drop a voice message if it's easier and just, you know, if you're on the Anchor app, I think you can go ahead and just tap that and uh, leave a voice message. Um, I'd love to hear from you, right? So there's that. Um, drop me an email. That's cool too. Again, that's in the show notes. Um, listen, they're going to try to go after more restrictive gun laws, right? We know that. And all those restrictive gun laws are, even the people proposing it that really just believe what they believe. They're true believers. I think they're useful idiots. They're just supporting uh, creeping incrementalism. Waiting three extra days is not going to stop a school shooting. The school shooting is just going to happen three days later, right? It's it's not going to change anything. All these little things are meant to delay and deter people from getting guns. Law-abiding citizens. We know that. At the end of the day, that's what this is about. They're sick and twisted people on the left side of politics that are trying to use tragedy to further their political agenda instead of using the brain that God gave them to come up with real solutions that honor and support the Constitution that they swore to uphold. Yeah. Those are my thoughts on uh, this problem that we have in America. But again, I can't help but focus on the fact that we are completely numb to um, the lives of unborn children lost every day in this country. We're completely numb to a lot of things. Um, our family units uh, metaphorically have, have cancer, right? Stage four. As a, as a whole. Our fathers are non-existent. we got to change things. You know, these short-term solutions might work for a bit, but um, eventually it's going to get bad again. And um, anyway, I would love to hear what you think. Um, again, I, I didn't want to do this podcast, but I'm a father. I'm a concerned citizen, and uh, I want real change, right? I, I don't want this stuff happening, and I'm not going to just turn a blind eye to it and play with the statistics and pretend like this is not something that I'm also concerned about. But I'm not willing to give up the rights um, that were granted to me by my creator and outlined in the restrictions um, placed on government in our uh, Bill of Rights. And I hope you aren't too. I hope you were the same way uh, in that respect, but I'd love to hear what you think. And uh, yeah, let's hopefully talk about a, a more uplifting and happier topic uh, next time. Appreciate you sticking with me. Again, I hope you have a wonderful Memorial Day weekend, remembering the sacrifices that were made um, to protect our freedoms in this country. God bless you, you and your family, and uh, enjoy a safe weekend.